Sound of Hockey episode 94. We are calling this one the Ryan Smith episode. Longtime Edmonton Oiler. Uh, I remember him crying at his press conference when he was <laughs> found out that he wasn't going to play for Edmonton anymore. And he has a wine as last um, name. Yeah, he does, which always confused me. And his there's something about his look that was... He kind of looked like a more modern Wayne Gretzky, but he didn't quite play like a modern... <laughs> Wayne Gretzky. Um, similarly, I think that players today are crying not because they're leaving Edmonton, but because they're being forced to go to Edmonton. Um, zinger. <laughs> but we'll get to that in a minute. I'm Darren Brown, at Darren Fun Brown on the Twitter, joined as always by Andy Eide. Hello, Andy. How's it going? I'm at Andy Eide on the Twitter. And John Barr. Hello, John. Hello, everybody. I'm NHL to Seattle on the Twitter. And we are coming to you from Seattle. And we finally have a review to share, which Whoa, is exciting. It's been a exciting. while since anyone has uh, reviewed us officially on iTunes. So I'm pretty excited to share this with you. This one comes from Brownie112032. Mm. Um, it says, great job, Uncle Darren. It is always super fun to listen to your podcast and learn some new things about hockey either from you or people you interview. So thank you, whoever you may be. <laughs> but not us. Is that your new nickname? He said people, <laughs> you or people you interview, yeah. not, not us. John though. and Andy. Yeah, no. No, I, I mean, I don't learn anything from you guys. This is just the Uncle Darren podcast. Well, I'm integral, you must admit. <laughs> anyway, thank you to whoever you are leaving us that very nice review. I really appreciate it. Appreciate you listening as well. Um, and hope that you're doing well in school. So the CBA, uh, I mean, holy crap, we have a new CBA as well as return to play protocols. Uh, I guess it's exciting stuff. I don't know how exciting it is to talk about it, but um, this is huge. I mean, we are going to have a new CBA without a lockout, which, you know, well, that's, let's, that's let's hold it. Let's punt the brakes a little bit. Let's punt the brakes. Okay. It needs to be ratified right. with a full vote by oh, the NHLPA. Ratify, schmatify. I, uh, you know, <laughs> like uh, we've been down this road be- before and maybe we shouldn't get too excited until uh, the ink is dry. Um, I saw the words MOU today, which right. I'm pretty sure means memorandum of understanding. And my understanding of that <laughs> is that it's a done deal and there's nothing uh, to worry it about. It is not a done on. deal. So should we dig in the yeah. details of the CBA? Well, I guess we should. Yeah, N- nothing gets people more riled up. And well, there's some there's some cool stuff in there. Uh, uh-huh. So all right, go to start on page forty six. What's on forty six? So part two, B, section four. But let's be clear here. Yes. It needs to be voted on, and the full context of this, the CBA extension and the return to play protocol is all part of the vote. Like so, they 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 are signed together, right? So. But we're going to split these up in two different pieces because it can get confusing. But the CBA is, again, the collective bargaining agreement. Um, It's been uh, a rough go the last couple of times these have expired because it's uh, turned into a lockout. So a couple of things here. Escrow, there's some kind of um, considerations on escrow to help make the owners whole of the 50%, the 50% revenue share that they're kind of uh, expected for this year. And because of the season was cut short, like... There's a huge hole that needs to be filled, but essentially they're they're kind of allocating it over the next couple of years until they're made made whole on this year. Instead of having all the players pay back a bunch of money that they've already received because the escrow did not account for for a pandemic that would shut down the season. Well, that's stupid. They should have known. <laughs> the escrow thing is is being addressed, and that is the players' probably primary concern. Couple things though, salary cap is staying flat 
um, mm-hmm. for the next year. And you know what that means? Side deals. Mm, problems. Problems. Problems yeah. with their <laughs> caps. And yep. the big thing is that's a huge benefit for Seattle. Uh, because, Bring on the side deals. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of these people were anticipating, you know, a 3 to 5% increase in uh, salary cap year over year. And that ain't happening. And so when they forecasted, you know, based on restricted free agents that they need to sign or other kind of parts of the deal, like they are going to have less money to deal with than they did. So that is yep. huge. And one thing we were kind of keeping an eye on, maybe we've talked about it before, is potential uh, compliance buyouts. So compliance buyouts are basically to allow teams to get under the cap to be compliant with the new cap when a new CBA kind of is in play. That's not happening here. They're just keeping it flat. So there's no kind of buyout where where a bunch of teams would just buy out really bad contracts. So now, like Andy said, this will trigger some side deals for Seattle. So that is that is really, really, really good news. Again, it needs to be ratified by the Player Association. But that is huge. And then, so that's huge for Seattle. And then another thing that just got in there and people should be excited about is the Olympics. Uh, yeah. Participation in the 2022 and 2026 Olympics is gear, quote unquote guaranteed pending an agreement with the IOC. So I, I don't know what goes into that, but there's a little kind of asterisk next to that. So maybe we shouldn't be popping any uh, champagne <laughs> champagne bottles anytime soon. I have to Olympics. imagine the IOC would welcome those players back with open arms, though, because it makes that a big draw. I would draw think so, it is yeah. Otherwise. You would think, but there's always a negotiation there, right? There's, sure. There's about expenses and insurance and stuff like that. So um, that's something that I just don't know that much about, the negotiations with the IOC. So let's knock on wood. Hopefully that, that plays out pretty well. Another thing that's kind of in there is the minimum salary for players is going up a little bit. Um, I don't think that's that big of a deal because it's going up by like 50K one year and then another 50K a couple years down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, and then entry-level salaries are also going to be going up a bit to $950,000 for players drafted in 2022 and 2023. Honestly, I don't think that's really material. But um, this is all good news. The big thing is no lock, no lockout, no... Which is huge. <laughs> yeah. No And that's also big seasons. for Seattle, though. <laughs> the lack of a lockout is good for Seattle, too, because that would have happened if there was going to be one the year after Seattle's first season, right? That's when the CBA Well, yeah, that's when the current CBA yeah. would have expired. That would have been so. bad for us here in Seattle. Yeah, but... One season and then yeah. a lengthy lockout. <laughs> Let's knock on wood that that yeah. wasn't going to happen anyway. So. But anyway... Oh, nice. Was that really I wood? did it. Did you hear I me did knock? Hear that. It really yeah. Did I hear okay, that. I heard it. So... Really exciting stuff. Yeah, I mean, they essentially have had a lockout here already, like in terms of the (laughs) fans' perspective. Like we just have been held out of watching hockey now for the last what four months, and um, so they're they're doing right. You know, they're they're gonna try to make that up to us, even though they had no control over it, of course. Um, And they're gonna try to make it up to their sponsors and all that, and put on hockey at some point here, assuming they can do it safely. Um, we do have specific dates though, right? Aren't we supposed to expect games to resume August 1st? Yes. I think I saw, is that Train right? Camps the 13th is like in a week and then games the first, which is pretty wild. It's like a, isn't that like a 47 page document? It literally is a 47 page yeah. document <laughs> on, on the, all the proto- protocols that go. This into is that, basically yes. the return to play portion of the, uh, kind of the agreement that needs to be ratified. And it's pretty exhaustive. I don't know, Andy, if you had a chance to look through it, but like just skim some of it, and but it talked about online. the testing level right like you have to get tested every day and before reporting it's 48 hours and then once you're in the bubble you're pretty much locked in yes uh 
no more than 31 players and then there's certain kind of staff that and no mm-hmm. more than 52 individuals inside the skier zone for each um each team and that includes ownership players coaches executives and staff um, and families are families are not allowed in that until the finals i believe or maybe the conference finals but they can't be hanging around for a while they can't come into the security zone if you will until yeah. uh yeah the conference finals so that's potentially three weeks where they would not be seeing their family. So, and there's some amusing things in there too. Like uh, we were talking before we recorded about if if a player is caught outside the security zone, like out at a bar or something, or a non you know a restaurant that hasn't been approved, that they can be fined. And then yeah. the, the funny one that I find funny is there's no dress code, so players don't have to suit up <laughs> yeah. for the game. They can just wear their sweats or whatever. <laughs> yeah, Austin. Well, Austin Matthews is going to be in his like, Mickey Mouse yeah. shirt and people are going to be like, oh my God, that's so cool. They're also the, an ex- exhaustive list of who's getting tested. So it's not just hockey people, but it's security, food service staff, arena food and, and beverage staff, hotel mm-hmm. housekeeping, all that, bus drivers. It could be, I saw an estimate that it could be 2,000 tests daily. Yeah, it was a massive number of people. I saw that too. And actually, you said three weeks on the time away from family. As I saw one estimate of five weeks, which is a, it's a really long time to ask people to be away from their, you know, their significant other, their kids. Um, but I guess the show must Yeah, go you figure on, right? a long road trip's about two weeks, maybe a little longer mm-hmm. at times, but... Mm-hmm. Um, and so, they have all been quarantined with their families now for the last four months, so maybe they'll welcome that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, good point. What other thing though too is that's in there is we and we've seen this in some other sports with players deciding not to play and their return to play and NHL players will have that option. What is it? Three days after it's ratified, they have three days to say they want to opt out of the of the return to play. Yeah, so that's I'll be right. Curious to see if any players do. It says with no punishments. Yeah. So does that mean that they still get paid their full salary if they? opt to not play that, i don't think was very cleared they probably don't get any of the playoff bonus if you will like there's a playoff pool sense. of money okay. that comes into play and depends how long you play so yeah. i would say there's no penalty there but if you commit and then bail that might be a different different scenario i have no idea what that looks like i guess their salaries would be based on the season right, right. so like so at this point They're the season paid. is quote unquote completed yeah. so they've been paid less any like bonuses that they might have gotten right. or whatever. Yeah. So I did see somebody like a lot of guys were getting paid bonuses on July 1st. I think it was. So um, anyway, uh, it is just generally good news. Lots of stuff to dig into. If you want to dig into it, uh, one more wrinkle that we've definitely talked about on this show is the signing of players who are currently like not signed, but are the rights of players. Mm-hmm. Mostly this is the KHL players my guy, Kirill Kaprizov, who I've been complaining about not being allowed to play, is included in that. Uh, Ilya Sorokin of the Islanders is one of them as well. So the decision was that they can sign to burn one year of their entry-level deal, but they're not eligible to play. Perfect. So that makes perfect a lot of sense. I, I love that. Um Makes me feel really good. The Wild have to do it, man. I, get them in. They might have to, yeah. They might have to because at this point, I mean, they have to get them under contract mm-hmm. uh, because it's been really hard to get them over here. They thought they were going to get them over here years ago, and he re-signed with uh, the Moscow team, Seska. So, man, just <laughs> it just sucks. This it just sucks so bad. And the, the listeners don't realize how often you text us any news about this. Right. Yeah. So we've talked about it maybe twice on the show, but we get we get text messages every week about it. Just FYI for everybody listening. I say he signs, he plays next year, and then he's a free agent, and then Seattle signs him as a free agent. <laughs> well, he would still be an RFA, right? But they would have to right. they would have uh, to pony up pretty big money. I think. My um, 
Yeah. So just to seemingly just to troll the wild is the only way that I can gather. Uh, the NHL tweeted. That was also in the new CBA agreement. It's way in the back. Mm-hmm. In the small print. <laughs> Which players potential return <laughs> could make the biggest impact examples. Vladimir Tarasenko, Miko Ranson and Jake Gensel, Steven Stamkos, Seth Jones, or Dougie Hamilton. Right. Mm-hmm. So now I get it. These guys were injured and yes. they're coming back and playing for their old team. So it's a very different circumstance, but there's also something that's really messed up here because, you know, if you're talking about ringers coming in, like they wouldn't have probably been healed in time for a regular playoff, but because there's extra time, maybe these guys got to heal from whatever injuries they had, you know? So that's it's kind of the opposite of what they're saying. Life I just, comes at you life, fast, Aaron. Just sucks. Life, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just sucks. Anyway, let's move on to the Athletics mock expansion draft, which I know they've done some versions of this before, uh, but this is a really fun read that they put out. And basically what they did was they took the, um, they had the beat writers from all of the teams across the league submit who they thought would be on the protected list. And then uh, the, like the main author of it, Eric Duhacek, uh essentially put together what he thinks uh, the team will be for Seattle. He does mention that like, you know, it's, it's way too early to really try to, narrow this stuff down because there's so much that's up in the air Um, but some interesting names that he includes on the original uh, crap weasel roster here sam bennett from calgary you got jesse polja not gonna work here anymore (laughs) you got josh bailey lias anderson too like it's it's the the outcast team exactly who we know is gonna like throw his you know his any award that he gets (laughs) in the crowd if it's not first place crap weasel of the game award he'll throw that in the crowd yeah but then he also has TJ Oshie and one that I really didn't expect to see in Brent Burns. Um, John, you're a Sharks guy. Do you think there's any uh, realistic possibility to Brent Burns? Well, that the scenario is that there's uh, several years left on his lengthy contract. And, and Brent Burns is still serviceable the next couple of years. Uh, it's just a question if you want to take that risk for those last two years. And I, I kind of see San Jose protecting him based on, because I, um, I didn't like who they had protected in that third D slot. Uh, but if he is exposed, I'm not even sure Seattle would take him because the salary is so, uh, heavy. It's so big. The thing is you'd be, you'd be choosing between him and Alexander True or even Dylan Gambrell, both friends of the pod, both the local ties and both very young. Yeah. Who do you want And if they're friends of the pod, you almost, you almost have to take them. Yeah. They're friends of the pod. Not the fact that they played Seattle Thunderbirds and they were from Bonnie Lake. (laughs) It's just because they're friends of the pod. Was there a reason those guys weren't on this list in the athletic? They showed the, who the protect sharks protected list would be and who would be available. And the only, the only available guys they have on there are Burns and Martin Jones. Like, but they're missing a bunch of guys like, like true and, and Gambrell and others. So I thought that was a little weird. Well, that's, I think the nature of this. Yeah. I mean, I've seen people protect Gambrell, um, you know, but they're going to be exposed. They they could be RFAs, and, and maybe because of the process, they like, yeah. oh, they don't know if they're going to sign them, but they probably don't. Gambrell and True should be signed, um, I would think, um, based on their at least their AHL numbers, um, but we'll have to see. But I, I think there's an outside chance. I just don't know yeah. if that's really how you – pick your team like no so, you don't pick him because so, of local so ties. brent burns <laughs> his his contract expires 2025 and his cap hit is eight million dollars a year right no. and that's a lot to be paying for what will yeah, be a, as, as he'll he be 37 and, yeah. 38 39 right like that's a lot yes so i don't know if that's really how you go this the team that they put together here isn't terrible though either there's some interesting names on it and some some that you don't know much about or, or what they're going to turn into, but there are some local ties. But but I, I agree that that's not how you pick your team. 
but he has Tyson Jost coming from the Colorado Avalanche. He was a, a high, highly thought of uh, prospect that Everett Silvertips drafted, yep. but he never signed. So Jost could finally come back to the to the area. Um, T.J. Oshie, we mentioned. Uh, Jake Bean, who played in Tri-City, is on that list. And Mirko Mueller is a Everett Silvertip who's also See on that? that. I so don't there's... get Mirko Mueller is not, and no disrespect to him, yeah. there, that's not who I select from New Jersey. From New Jersey, yeah. Like, he's he's at a rough go. Um, so there's also some interesting names like Josh Bailey from the Islanders. He's a, he's a pretty good scoring guy that you well, can have. Uh... So the Islanders, check this out. This is, this is a really – so this is – if you want to know – my life. I like spend hours <laughs> going through rosters and understanding who's available, uh, looking at their stats in the AHL. I know that sounds shocking to a lot of you, but uh, the Islanders in particular. So Josh Bailey is kind of slated as the pick, but mm-hmm. there's Kiefer Bill- Bellows might be exposed mm-hmm. too, and they have him exposed. Yeah. Um, and then uh, this this another young kid, Otto Koivula, um, who's, who's like 21 and has also got a pretty promising uh look and so i would rather choose those type of guys over like a 31 year old who's who's pretty good yeah um and and that's that's one of the big unknowns here we don't know what nhl seattle how they want to go about this do they want to take a bunch of young guys or they want to take an older team that could compete right away it's going to be interesting to see the mix that they put together but i would agree with you bellows long term over josh bailey is a better yeah and the thing is they might there's scenarios where if they protect bellows then uh, Jordan Eberle gets exposed, right? And he's yeah. older, but he's also like he's kind mm-hmm. of those that leader you want that first year, right? That yep. that Vegas had plenty of those guys. So it's yeah. not like go strictly young. It's just how do you mix it up? And in Nashville was another team that looked really interesting, right? Uh, Kale Yarncroak and Craig Smith and Colton Sissons are all kind of potentially available. And Darren, I was wondering what your thoughts are on. Brodeen being available, right? We've kind of talked about this before. Yeah. The nice thing is if he gets picked, at least then my Jonas Brodeen wild jersey would still kind of be something I could wear to the game. So <laughs> I'd be all right with it. Um, I, I mean, I've talked about him before. I think he's a really good player. He's very solid. You know, Minnesota is going to lose a good player. What I really like about this particular write-up, though, is that because you're getting like the local angle of it, mm-hmm. you do kind of get this sense that these these writers do know right like this is a guy that's a pretty good young player for example like they talk about this isaac lindestrom i'm not sure yep. if i'm saying yeah, that yeah, right yeah. from anaheim, from anaheim yeah. and i don't know i don't personally know much about him right but then you you read about it and you're like oh he would actually be a pretty great snag right and he's somebody that's under the radar but they have some good young players there and like you know maybe we just don't know about them yet but um for goaltenders i think that they come up with a pretty solid trio of auntie ranta matt murray and thatcher demko um and that is very much in line with what what i wrote on hl to seattle mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago funny in their in their write up here they have like the media pictures for each of them and auntie ranta and thatcher demko they're both pictured without their equipment on just their jerseys but matt murray has his like upper body stuff on yeah so it looks like his shoulders are just gigantic yeah yeah um something i noticed but <laughs> i just now see that he's the only one on the list i think with his shoulder, shoulder pads, pads on. on so he looks yeah. like it that's important that's my takeaway so getting back to minnesota you would you wouldn't 
Spurgeon would definitely be protected over Brodine. Is that yes? But is it hundred percent? I think Spurgeon older, might be right? the next captain. Actually, isn't Spurgeon, Spurgeon? thirty or something? Uh, yeah, but I think he's more highly respected there than Brodine. Right. Dumba has the offensive upside and the big shot, so I don't think that they would do away with him over Brodine. I think if you're choosing between the two, I think Brodine is a more like steadying force back yeah. there. But I just think you lose too much by letting Dumba go away. Oh, Spurgeon has a no move clause anyway, so he just. Re- signed a big contract and I, I do actually think he has a chance to be their next captain so 7.5 million dollars a year and he signed through 2027 yep. yeah i don't think spurgeon's going anywhere yeah you know and and i know like they caveat oh it's early but like we're getting close right it's less it's less early than it was before. yeah 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 by by math says we're getting closer uh every day so i don't think it's that far off to start having these conversations and i anticipate We'll do a lot more of that on the pod. And John, I know that you had put a note on here that you wanted to play a little game associated with this. Do you want to do that now? Yeah, or let's should we do just it. So that's, do that or? that's a good scenario. This is a good test. So okay. the game is going to be called Would You Rather? And I'm basically asking you to draft one of these players and I'm going to give you their stat line um, for the year, for the most part. It's like, I, the, it's like the Pepsi challenge. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Is that where you're supposed to like pick which one is real yeah, Pepsi? They, yeah, they, they give you Pepsi mm. and a Coke and you're blindfolded. That's the thing. I don't think there's a right answer. I'm just kind of laying it out there. And the fact that you don't you're not you're not tainted by your biases already, right? Uh by the name. And so Oh, I'm tainted. I'm tainted. You definitely <laughs> Will you give us ages though, too? Yes. yes, yes that's a big okay. that's a big kind of what I think is a good attribute. So scenario one, it's a goalie position. So there's a goalie who's going to be 32 at the expansion draft, and he's got a 917 save percentage. And then for what time period? For the last year. Is he was he a starter or was he a backup? He's a starter. Number one guy. Uh, well, he's he's averaged about 30 games per year the last uh, three years. So kind of a tandem okay. guy. Yeah. Nine seventeen. How old is he? Did you say 32? He's 32. And what's our alternative? Player B. Mm-hmm. He was only played about 25 games in the NHL, or sorry, 30 games in the NHL. He's 25 years old, slightly under 0.900 in the NHL, but he's 25. Mm. And then in the AHL, he's got a 0.903 save percent. Yeah, I'd take player A on that one, but I think you're talking about Antti Ranta, and it's probably somebody who's been injured a lot. Am I right? Uh, Aiden I, Hill. He's not injured, but it's Aiden, Aiden, Aiden Hill yeah. B, right? Aiden Hill's B. That's right. That's right. So, yeah. Wait, so who's who's player A? Antti Ranta. Oh, I got it right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's but good. that wasn't the game, right? The game wasn't. Yeah, the game's not are. guess who it is. It's it's who, <laughs> it's who, who would you, you rather have a twenty five year old AHL player or a thirty two year old NHL? See, my bias is that I really like Aiden Hill. I do um, too. I do too. And I I would and if take you got him. if you had a more veteran goalie along with him, I would take Aiden Hill in a, in a heartbeat. And that that's sometimes the scenarios we don't have, right? Like we're yeah. we're not even scratching the surface on the real like the deep mm-hmm. uh, data nerd stats. Uh, yeah. And we're just kind of having the conversation. So it's all in fun, right? Yeah, you didn't give us the expected goals. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Uh, wins above replacement or whatever. I would go with Ronta, though. Okay, I think I would fine. go with Ronta. Between Ronta and Aiden Hill, that's what I would go with. I think that Ronta, when healthy, is one of the stronger goalies in the in the league. The issue is that he's hurt all the time. So, and he's going to be 32. Yeah, if they can, 
Sure, but 32 is not that old, right? Like if it was 35, 36, I'd say I'd say probably not. But 32, you got quite a bit of years left. You know, you can play up to 37 as a goalie. Maybe not if you're hurt all the time, but <laughs> I, I like I like Aiden Hill. If you, with a caveat that you have a more veteran okay. guy to play with them, especially the first couple of years, to, just to make sure like because it. he's not yet proven at the NHL. Level. And that's kind of my thought. Is yeah. so, uh, but there's no right wrong answer. It's just yeah. No, perfect. you guys are both wrong. <laughs> 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 okay. All right. So next next scenario, there, I'm going to give you three forwards. Three. Three, three forwards. forwards. Centers or wingers? Okay. Wingers. Okay. One guy's going to be 30, and he's averaged about 40 points uh, a season the last three years um, and about 20 goals. He usually scores about 20 goals per season. Okay. And he's 30 years old. Did I say that? Yes, you did. Yep. Okay. The next guy's 31. He averages about 48 points per season. Uh, same thing about 20 goals, but, uh, and then the next one is 24 years old. He's only played half a season in the NHL this year. He's only got six points in that half season. AHL, he averages about, uh, close to a point a game or no, sorry, a half point a game, but he's 24. I'd go with player B. It's close. I think A and B are pretty interchangeable based on the stats that you gave there. Yeah. But I think there's like, that's not enough point production for me six points at the nhl level and, and half a point at the, the ahl, AHL yeah. doesn't knock my socks off my socks are still on now from that stat line again i didn't give you a lot of context here but sure. i imagine okay. somebody who's just getting called up to the ahl doesn't get big minutes right so those well, six just points got called up to, how many how many ahl games did he play i mean this year or when forever or? Well, he said he just got he said he just got called up to the AHL. well no i mean this is his first year in the in the in nhl pros? Yeah, in the NHL, and he's okay. only got six points. The twenty-four-year-old. Gotcha. Um, so he's not. He's he's probably playing on third and fourth line. Can I ask how many games he played to get those six points? Thirty-eight. Thirty-eight. Woof. Yeah, I think I think player A or B. Okay, I and I think you're you're on the right path. Uh, mm-hmm. So player A was Tyler Johnson. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Player B is who's one year older is Alex Kalorn. Oh, now okay. the athletic picked Andre Palat, which is pretty interchangeably with Tyler Johnson's numbers. Just so you know. Yeah. No, they picked Alexander Volkov from Tampa. Okay, well, I was looking at a different athletic article that. <laughs> no, well, no, no, no. So the another another person did the same draft in the athletic, and he okay. and he looked at the advanced stats, uh, and he said Palat had better. So who was player three? The young guy, uh, Mitchell Stevens, who I really don't know. I don't um, know him either. Yeah, good. I'm not taking him. Okay. No. Okay, we got two he's more. Not crap, he's not crap weasel material. <laughs> we got two more. Okay, next scenario, I'm going to give you three players on the same team. On the same team? Yeah. he's. They've all been on the same team, Andy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess I wasn't paying attention to that. <laughs> yeah, so this first player is a center. He's 29 years old. He's averages about 14 goals a season and about 30 points per season. Okay, he's 29, center. Uh-huh. Next one is 31 winger, 31-year-old winger. Uh-huh. He averages about 22 goals a game. Mm. A season. 22 goals a game. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> and about 40 points per season. So he's 31 winner. Now we have a 27-year-old who only averages 11 goals a season and about 25 points. Is he a winger or, or a center? He's a center as well, but he's 27. Hmm. So you have a 31-year-old, a 29-year-old, and a 27-year-old. And the points kind of scale accordingly. I'm going to go with uh, player A, the 29-year-old center, just because I think center is a pretty valuable position. And that, those are decent numbers. He could be a, a third-line guy and second-line guy. Okay. I'm going to take the winger 
whoever player B was. Okay. That's who I like too. Uh, but I have okay. biases since I know the player's name. So <laughs> yeah. the one you guys did not select was Colton Sissons. He's 27 mm. Uh So we're talking about Nashville. Uh, mm-hmm. And that was the pick for the athletic, interestingly. The 31-year-old who, Darren, you picked is Craig Smith, who I like a lot. Um, yeah. Um, Wisconsin Badger. Yeah. And then, Andy, you chose Kelly Yarncrow. So hmm. now another thing with Nashville is um, they also have Nick Benino and Rocco Grimaldi who are kind of fit in that same area, right? Like I could have listed yeah. them and they all fit in the same area and fluctuate in age by a year or two here or there. So anyway, now the next one, final one. Oh, yeah. another. This one's for all the marbles. For all the marbles. <laughs> yeah. Whoever gets the right pick here wins yeah, this, the whole game. This one's, I'd probably say the best for last. All wingers. So okay. the first one, he's... 31 years old, mm-hmm. uh, averages about 16 goals a season and about 55 points per season. Mm. Okay. Mm. It's not bad. Decent. Yeah. That's pretty good. 31. 31. Winger. Okay. The next one is uh, a 22-year-old winger. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, he's only played 12 games and has not scored in the NHL. Okay. Um, but in the AHL, the last two years, he averages uh, 0.6 points per game. Okay. So he, he played 36 last year, 36 games last year, and he had 22 points, nine of which were goals. In the AHL. In the AHL. And that would have been like literally when he was 20 years old. Okay. And I got one. That was it? There's not no, a third? No, I got you a no third. third. I got a third. Oh, okay. So this guy will be 23 when the expansion draft comes around. He only played eight games in the NHL this year, uh, but he had three points. Uh, two goals, one assist. And does he have AHL numbers? He does, and he averages about 0.6 points per game uh, the last okay. two years. Um, I like player C because I think it's Morgan Kiki, and I like that guy a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so that's who I'm picking. Oh, man. <laughs> Am I right? No, I'm not going to say until Darren oh, selects. Oh, okay. I'm going to go with mm, player A, the older guy, okay. 31. Okay, so Darren. Because you- those are actually the, the – those are the best numbers of any player that you had mentioned yep, so far. Yeah. So that is Josh Bailey for the New York Islanders. Ah. ah so okay. uh, player three is Kiefer Bellows. Ah, okay. So okay, I think you just switched from a lettering system to a numbering system. <laughs> player three, but I, I only had Everyone players A, B, and C. Okay, C. C. All right. So anyway. Those are those are the call. scenarios we can start having the discussions. Who, wait, who is player B? Player B is Otto Kovalu. Kovalu. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's right. European. I don't know much about him, but he's you know when his, <laughs> his number. No, but is not when it, when I see an age of, of twenty one, I'm like, yeah. okay, what's his potential? What's his upside? Exactly. Um, and that's the rub on this one because I think you know Bailey obviously has proven it in the NHL that he can play and can contribute, but then Bellows has all that potential, right? So which one do you want? Yeah, well, both those young guys have potential, right? Um, yeah. If you take – sometimes you got to separate the draft expectations away from, like, what's currently going on. Sure. Um, because I think sometimes you have a tendency to – and so Kiefer Bellows was a first-rounder in 2016, and you tend to, like, oh, he's a first-rounder, he must be good. But, but he had a good year in the AHL. Didn't he win an award or something for – he, I mean, he, he had 31 year. points in 52 games, right? Mm. Uh, but he had 22 goals of yeah. those 31 points, so that's pretty damn good. Uh, yep. And w- funny thing about his two goals in the NHL, he, mm-hmm. he happened to score two goals in his first game. So Very mm. similar to Morgan Geeky, right? That's why I thought it was Morgan Geeky and Carolina. Yeah, Morgan Geeky did did score at least one in his first. I thought he scored two, I think actually. he scored twice in his first um, game, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I only laughed, by the way, because you said that the guy's name was Otto Kovalu or something like that, and then you're like, I don't know much about him. I know he's European, and I was like, oh, <laughs> great great analysis. Well, here, um, you know, here's the thing is you don't know that much about people who play in Finland, right? Um, right. And, yeah. or, or Sweden before they come over here, and he's so young he didn't even play junior. So he, his, the first time he's played in North America was AHL. So if they, if, they, uh, if they selected Kiefer Bellows, Darren could go, hey, Bellows, all his whole, yeah. his whole career here. Yeah, and he's a Minnesota That's guy. Right. Yeah, he's a Minnesota yeah. guy. That's right. He's, he's, he's uh, Brian Bellows' kid. Huge, if true. It's not just a clever name. <laughs> yeah. yeah, not just a clever name. That's right. So we're going to move on now. We got some feedback from a listener via an email that – uh, what was it that they were? They had the NHL TV package is now free or something like that. Is that accurate? Do we even know yeah. if that's accurate? Yeah. So Jared Cook okay. uh, sent us a mail and said, "Hey, you know, just FYI, the NHL TV uh, is free to to watch now. So even if you are not a subscriber, you can go back and watch some games." And that's so cool. he asks, "Is are there any games you you could recommend to watch to prepare for the future Seattle team?" And we took that as like, "Is there any kind of games that we'd like to watch?" Uh, you know, or that we'd rewatch or consider watching mm-hmm. while we're waiting for the league to start back up. So uh, that was our task. Mm-hmm. Did we have to specify that it was from this past season or was he asking like all time? I, oh, I he, he did. Season. He did call out this last season. So I don't know if NHL okay. TV goes back further uh, right now. Um, but okay. that was the context of the task at hand. Got it. So, Okay, so what we did then is we picked out games that we thought we should recommend. Somebody who has been living under a hockey puck-shaped rock and has absolutely no (laughs) understanding of what happened during the season prior to it being shut down. Um, And so I hope that it's not meant to be all-time because we didn't research that to figure out, like, dates. (laughs) Yes, no. But um, so my pick was, I think it's probably an obvious one um, because it did kind of cross that the the genres into other sports and other um, entertainment and whatnot, but the David Ayers ebug game, uh, February twenty second, Maple Leafs versus Hurricanes was, in my opinion, uh, probably the most fun game to watch of the whole season. It was just, it was nuts. <laughs> uh, f- yeah, for me, uh, so I went to uh, a game in November, November twenty seventh. The Vancouver Canucks at the Pittsburgh Penguins. This game was painful for me, but I think if you're not a fan of either team, it was wildly entertaining. The Canucks had a 4-2 lead going into the third period and then, then even increased that to 5-2 to uh, early in the third period. Looked like they were going to cruise with an easy win. And the Penguins went off and scored six goals in the third period to win 8-6. to six. And uh, Eddie Malkin had two goals and three assists in that game. And pretty remarkable comeback uh, uh, there in the third period. It was it was. Unbelievable watching that just unfold. And so now you probably yeah. don't even need to watch that game because Andy just spoiled the <laughs> well, whole thing. Yeah. But that's all right. I got to tell you, tell you um, why you got to watch it. Oh, that's yeah. that's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> and John. Who, who's going to watch uh, a random game? Oh, yeah, Canucks and, and Well, Pittsburgh you don't tell them. Well, it's a surprise. One. It's a surprise. <laughs> we just told them. Yeah. We just said, hey, great game to watch. You don't have to tell them why it's such a I great game. I wouldn't watch it. You, well, you just told them about the e-bug game. I well, didn't say who won the e-bug yeah, game. The e- didn't tell them the outcome. But you told the story about it, though. Mm, oh, sort man. of, <laughs> only sort of. If they've been living under a hockey puck shaped rock, they don't even know what e-bug stands for. So, <laughs> so I, John, I don't know about pick. a. I, I had a different context around it. So I, I thought in context of the expansion draft and being that we just talked about um, some players that will be available, I kind of picked a couple games where there might be some guys to look at. So um, I picked two games. And the okay. first one is February 6th, New York Islanders versus Los Angeles Kings. And okay. so who you look for on the New York Islanders side is Kiefer Bellows and Josh Bailey, right? 
and you might as well look at uh, Jordan Eberle as well. Um, just to kind of keep an eye, those those three, one of those guys is going to be exposed and might be uh, drafted. And then on the Kings side, keep an eye on Austin Wagner. He's a younger guy that's playing for the Kings right now, and Carl Grundstrom. Wagner Wagner is loaded with speed, so he's he's going to be exposed, and he might be the selection out of LA. Mm-hmm. And so my second game is Colorado versus Nashville. Um, so Nashville, we talked about it already, but keep an eye on Craig Smith, Kale Yarncroke, and then also Kyle Turris. Kyle Turris, um, mm-hmm. people that have been Another following Wisconsin hockey Badger. for a while, like kind of he's he's kind of underachieved, but he's still a good player, and he could be exposed as well. And I think he, in the right scenario, I think Seattle could pick him as well because you are always looking for that that player that has something to prove, hasn't maybe got his chance, and so might take the opportunity for a new uh, a new place to play and kind of a, a restart. And then on the Colorado side, Andy, you mentioned Tyson Yost, um, mm-hmm. who should be exposed. And Nazim Kadri, now the Athletic had him protected, but I think there's a scenario where he could be exposed as well because he's kind of older. Um, he's mm-hmm. going to be 30, 31. Um, and then on the goalie situation, we haven't talked about the Colorado goalie too much, but Pavel uh, Francus. Fran- it's Francois. Francois. Remember, we actually talked about this on the show yes. because I've been ta- I've been calling him Francus for like months, and he he kept coming up in conversation. And then I heard somebody call him Francois, and I was like, oh, all right, I got to put my hand up on this one. This is okay. This is my bad. Thank you yeah, for Francois. Francois. So I make sure Francois is yeah. in net for Colorado, and although he wasn't selected on the Athletics list, he could be a potential good goalie that that's exposed and. Um, I could imagine a scenario where Seattle takes a look at him. So those are my yeah. two games. He's one of those guys that I think people don't know that much about him. And I think he stepped in for Philip Grubauer when he was hurt this year. And Francois played well, yeah. like yeah. pretty well. <laughs> he doesn't have much of a body of work. So um, yeah, he's, he's somebody to keep an eye on for sure. Also on Colorado, Nikita Zadorov uh, yep. is a blue liner. You know, I don't know that he's like all that exciting, but the games no. that I've seen, like where, for example, when I'm watching Minnesota play against Colorado, everyone on Minnesota gets pissed at Zadorov because he is just <laughs> one of those guys that gets under the skin of the opposing team. Like he's kind a of lot. a throwback so, guy, right? Like a big, uh, he is yep. defense. He really is. Yeah. Guy. yeah. So anyway, they have him uh, exposed as well on this, on this story that we were talking about. So yeah. maybe keep an eye on him. Yep. I agree. So there you go. So February 22nd, e-bug game, Maple Leafs versus hurricanes, November 27th, Fan- Vancouver at Pittsburgh, uh, February 6th, Islanders versus Kings. And you cheated by doing a, a second pick, uh, <laughs> Colorado versus Nashville on February 29th. Um, which you may think that we're lying to you because February 29th isn't always a day that exists, <laughs> but this was a leap year. So, Good luck finding um, it. Which actually, yeah. It, yeah, it explains a lot about this year, really, sure when does. you think about it. Um, we now move on to our segments, and our first segment is Goalie Gear Corner! <laughs> Nothing? You guys don't have anything? I'm wait- yeah, I'm waiting Could for we, you to we had this last say week, something. Right? Yeah, I know. Enough? I know. No. Two weeks in a row, <laughs> well, we're talking goalie it's gear. Actually a, it's it's a really good goal. follow-up. It's the same goalie, too. Oh, it yeah. is? It's a really good follow-up. So, Robin <laughs> Leonard, you know, he put out uh, a mock-up of his equipment 
uh, in terms of like what it would look from just a graphics standpoint. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are actual photos of the equipment now, and let me tell you, it looks pretty good. It does look pretty good. So take a look at it. Uh, He's added a glove and blocker that match the the pads, so it's pretty cool. But that same goalie, Robin Leonard, has now uh, revealed that he's got a new mask coming uh, from Dave Art, and the mask is quite cool because is his nickname like the panda or yeah i guess it is right so he's got this really like angry demonic uh, panda on top and then on the side he's got that same knight that was on uh the pads and then we know that he's had like a lot he's been very outspoken about mental health so he's got like masks on the mask that have many different expressions and um, it's just, it's a really, really cool, well done thing. And I love when I've mentioned this before, when goalies don't just take the team, um, motif, but rather put something very personal on it. And obviously, you know, his nickname is the Panda. So he's got this cool, angry Panda on top. I think that's that just beautiful. Cool. Yeah. That is awesome. just beautiful. And the Panda on the pad was awesome too. So yes, that's, yes. that's what I love. And, about and the pads, they're Brian's. Of yep, course they are. Robin Leonard doing well with his uh, his new setup there. That wraps up Goalie Gear Corner. We now move on to our weekly one-timers. Whoops. Our first weekly one-timer, the NHL is still targeting an 82-game season for next year, uh, which is interesting because they're not starting the playoffs until – I mean, they're starting this – uh, sorry, not the play in, but the qualification qualifying round. Rounds, we're calling it. Yep, the qualifying round uh, at the beginning of August. So I mean, they're not going to be done until what September, like mid September, yeah, maybe, maybe even into October. Yeah. Yeah. So that's interesting. I guess. Well, the the commissioner is on record as saying that they they have no problem delaying the start of next year. I mean, he even mm-hmm. suggested it could start as early as New Year's, as late as New Year's Day, and they would still be fine with it. So I think they they're just going to flat out eighty two games. Since then, they probably do away with the bye week that they had. I mean, I would guess um, to like shorten the time a little bit. But uh, yeah, so this is this is not too surprising to me. And it's also you know like there's no sense in like saying you're going to have a, a shorter season without knowing what you're up against. True. Yeah. You know, so if they can start in December first, right? It seems like 82 mm-hmm. could be likely. You just kind of take that yep. that uh, bye week and then kind of extend it. No All Star game. Those kind and of things. And you go further into the summer than you usually do. Yeah, and I think I think that's to. fine. I would be ecstatic if we can get a full eighty two and if we start mm-hmm. in December or January. Like ideally you're starting you can't have a regular season in a bubble, right? That's clearly not gonna happen. Yeah. And so who knows where we're at with this thing. So I, I'm I'm excited that they're thinking that way, but it's really gonna wreak havoc on my plans of life. <laughs> like my whole my whole cadence of my life is about the hockey season, right? And not that this has been uh, easy, but next year I'm like, I don't even know what to do What between September and December if we don't have hockey, right? That's like Well, that'll be the offseason. Yeah. There'll be free agency. There'll be the draft. There'll be all that stuff. And that offseason will still be short, right? Uh, yes. At least that's what I saw projected. And that's assuming they can open the arenas. And so, mm-hmm. oh, God, please. <laughs> all right. John, we may need to reevaluate some things. Uh, our next weekly one-timer. <laughs> Harvard has announced that all course instruction for 2020-2021 will be delivered online, um, which is interesting because apparently tuition is the same. (laughs) But this is going to impact the athletic situation. What do we know about this? We don't know much, right? Um, But you can imagine this, and and it's not clear if they still can have on-campus kind of activities. I think this just came out like Monday, so it's pretty fresh, and I don't know if the school is even prepared to 
think about athletics right now. It's it's an institution that's not always focused on athletics first, mm-hmm. uh, but it's it's relevant to hockey, right? Because uh, the Harvard hockey is actually really strong, and there's a lot of players that are high end prospects that that commit and play in Harvard. So you got to imagine this could have uh, some shifting, and and maybe players either consider transferring to a school that's more likely to play and even like who knows what NCA rules or maybe them going uh kind of the CHL route. I think it's something to keep an eye on. It's a little speculative mm-hmm. right now and there's not a lot of information, but I think that's kind of par for the course right now, but it's something to keep an eye on. Yeah. It's only one school too. Um but I I mean you're right. If other schools uh start to follow suit and I know that I think Princeton I saw is doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um but if many other schools start doing the same thing that have, you know, good hockey programs, you wonder if, yeah, maybe they start losing some of their commits to um, somewhere there where they think they're going to have a better chance to play. Um, but remains to be seen as does pretty much everything else in life. Uh, that wraps up our weekly one-timers. And we now close out the show with our tweets of the week. Andy, your tweet of the week. Uh, my tweet of the week uh, is more of kind of an interesting stat tweet. It's from uh, Gino Retta, who works for TSN up in Canada. And he mm-hmm. tweeted out today that this pause in play has extended well beyond an entire normal offseason. If play resumes as planned on August 1st, we will have gone 142 days without an NHL game. In comparison, the Blues won the Cup last June 12th, and we resumed play on October 2nd. That's a layoff of only 111 days. So we're already past how long the last offseason was from Stanley Cup to the wow. start of the season. That's crazy. It's crazy to think well, about, yes. And interestingly, I'm pretty confident, like, based on how my brain works, that it's been, like, three years since we've Yeah, it feels like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, John, your tweet of the week. And Andy's just made my head explode. Like, I yeah. don't even like to think about this. <laughs> uh, okay, so my my uh, my tweet of the week comes from Hawk, at Hockey Robinson. I think I've referenced him before. But he has this, uh, in reference to the uh, return to play protocol, it says, quote, no dress code in the NHL bubble. And he (laughs) says, I can see it now. And it's a gif of George Costanza walking in wearing all velvet. So (laughs) you can imagine all the players wearing all velvet. That'd be nice. Someone's got to do that. The NBA, right? Like the the players almost have like a contest to wear the most absurd things (laughs) into the games. I wonder Uh if anything like that is going to start happening amongst the NHL players. I don't know. Because they, I mean, they do have to like find things to keep themselves entertained <laughs> at this true. point, right? Like they're gonna be living in a little bubble with like a hotel and a hockey arena to go to, and that's pretty much it. So, um, anyway, my tweet of the week comes from at Ben Remington, which is a gentleman that I know. Actually, he's a fellow Minnesotan. Um, he took Michael Russo's tweet, which says sources say Kirill Kaprizov is allowed to sign his two-year entry-level contract, burn the first year, but is ineligible to play this summer. Now it's up to whether the Minnesota Wild or Kaprizov would want to do that. So Ben Remington retweeted it and wrote, he can burn it without playing. Super fair rules you got there, Gary. So oh, Ben man. Remington. You, you Wild fans, just got to let it go. Jesus. Let it go. Ben is, uh, he feels me. It is what it is. <laughs> we have to just move on. And this wraps up episode 94 <laughs> of Sound of Hockey. Thank you so much to Brownie uh, for the five-star review. We hope that you too will leave us a five-star review and subscribe on Stitcher, subscribe on Spotify, subscribe on iTunes. And we'll talk to you all next week for episode 95. Cheers. Cheers.